0: chapter twenty of the peril finders by george Fen. this Lipovox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty chris's heart beat fast and as he glanced at ned he could see that there was a peculiar look in his eyes and strain in his countenance which suggested discomfort if not fear but all this was momentary there was something else to think about beside how his companion looked especially his father's words for the doctor suddenly whispered keep close everybody and have your rifles ready when they come on mind no one is to fire till i give the order and then all together give them the right-hand barrels loaded with shot a scattering volley right into the midst." That ought to scare them and make them turn about and gallop off and if they don't said wilton in a hoarse whisper give them the bullets then and let every one be carefully aimed for we shall be fighting for our lives they can't have seen us thought crisp then for though the indians were drawing nearer and nearer they did not seem to be searching the long grass as if they feared danger but came on in a line each man as could be plainly seen now with his rein lying loosely upon his horse's neck his hands being occupied in holding a short bow with an arrow fitted to the string ready for drawing to the head and launching why can't they see us thought chris again for as the low-down sun struck nearly horizontally it lit up the enemy's eyes in a peculiar way showing their transparency and at the same time it seemed to the boy that as they came on in line at a walk they were looking in advance of where his party were waiting the next minute all was made clear for the line of indians advanced obliquely toward the long grass till the leading man came almost in touch a couple of hundred yards in advance, when all at once there was a wild whir of wings, and about a couple of dozen great birds sprang into the air. The next instant there was a peculiar dull twanging sound, followed by the fall of heavy bodies, a wild yell, and the galloping off of the enemy out into the open, after the retreating flock but three of the savages reined in leaped from their horses and leaving them began to seek amongst the strands of the tall grass their search being rewarded by their discovery of four heavy turkeys two of which were quite dead but the others kept on flapping their wings heavily their beautiful coppery bronze plumage gleaming brightly in the sun till a heavy blow or two gave them their criatus when the indians began to twist up some of the grass to tie the birds legs together tightly so that a couple of the fierce-looking fellows could ham them across their ponies necks this done amidst a good deal of grinning and gabbling perfectly incomprehensible to the listeners the indians mounted again and sat gazing with shaded eyes across the grassy plain till apparently satisfied of the direction their companions had taken one of them uttered a deep-toed hurr and rode off followed by the rest what an escape sighed the doctor after waiting till the party was well out of hearing it was marvellous that they did not see us they had no eyes for that sir said griggs they expected to find turkey and they were too much on the watch for the birds to be looking for us. They had no suspicion of our being near. But the wretches have carried off our supplies, said Ned bitterly. Hello, what's that? said Chris, as a flapping noise was heard in the grass. He did not wait for an answer to his question, but forced his way through the grass towards the spot whence the sound had come look out he shouted for there was a beating of wings and a big bird rose from close to his right hand passing out of his reach but not to escape for the next moment there was a dull thud and a fall for as it passed over him griggs had struck at it with his rifle barrel breaking its wing the fall was followed by a repetition of the beating which had first taken the boy's attention i thought that wasn't the one i heard he cried and pushing forward he literally threw himself upon another of the birds lying in the thick grass and frantically beating its wings with such violence that it levelled the grass for some distance round take care cried the doctor warningly they can strike very hard with their wings i found out grumbled chris bitterly as he winced from a couple of blows but retaliated with such vigorous action by means of the butt of his rifle that the beating ceased. the great bird's head fell over and the prize lay inert splendid cried wilton and Bourne in the breath as hot and panting chris dragged his capture to where his companion stood watching the encounter they did not make much pains about retrieving their game said the doctor sign that it's too plentiful for them to need it sir said griggs laughing i say they're not bad shots to bring a lot like that down flying six birds out of one flock with bows and arrows too there were such a lot of them to shoot though said chris and the birds were all quite together i say ned look at this arrow gone right through the neck think they'll come back to look for more father no was the reply i can just see them under the sun riding right away we might go on now slowly if we keep in the thick grass." the word was given and all mounted but not until Griggs had followed the Indian's example of tying the two birds' legs together and swinging them across his saddle-bow. Chris's proposal to carry his own capture being negative on the declaration that it would be much easier for two to be carried together than one. "'You'll get your supper after all, Ned,' said Chris, after they had been riding slowly on through the grass, as near to their trail as could be guessed for it was still considered advisable to keep as much under cover as possible the indian's sense of sight being well known to be very acute there you needn't try to joke about that was the reply in a weary querulous tone you're as fond of good things as i am never said i wasn't cried chris laughing But I say, Griggs, we must have one of those for supper tonight, no matter how late we are. All right, said the American. I begin to feel as if I can pick a bit myself, but you won't like raw turkey, will you? Oh, nonsense. We must make a good fire and frizzle bits over the embers. A good fire to show the Indians where we've made our camp? Oh exclaimed chris i never thought of that and he was silent for a few minutes but only to break out again with we shall be too far off for any indians to see for we've got many miles to go yet to camp and we can make our fire in the shelter of the trees added ned that'll be all right but i say griggs you ought to begin picking one of the birds at once so as to be ready when we get back to be sure said griggs capital idea you're a nice fellow to take care of yourself out in an indian country what do you mean cried ned preparing a trail for the savages to follow i don't understand you what didn't you propose that i should begin plucking the turkey and sprinkling the feathers about as we go nice trail for the brutes to follow why if they picked it up they'd come along at a gallop yes said the doctor who had heard a part of the conversation we shall have to be very cautious till we get right away from the district the indians haunt the night was coming on fast for the twilight which had followed the disappearance of the sun was brief but as the evening passed away the moon which had looked pale and wan began to grow more and more silvery till it was dazzling in the pure bright air casting the riders shadows on the rustling grass and making their way easy the stars were beginning to glitter too and pool after pool was passed which looked as if it were dotted with points of light it was a glorious ride and not without incident wherever there was water the fowl which frequented the marshy pools could be heard feeding and the wild cries of the animals which haunted the far-spreading plain came frequently to the ear where the sharp yelping barks or the long low-drawn wails like those of jackals and the dismally weird snapping shout of the prairie wolf came plainly from far away where the salt-bush was known to be plentiful every now and then too some owl came hawking by on silent wing, fixing its great eyes upon one or other of the party as it swooped past twice over griggs paused in doubt as to their course for the crushed down grass trampled by the ponies was at times hard to trace in the moonlight but he was not long in picking up the trail again and at last the camp was reached with everything looking just as it had been left that morning while the mules were still grazing apparently as hungry as ever though a little closer observation proved they were picking and choosing amongst the youngest and juiciest twigs ah oh, sighed ned dropping wearily from his pony now for a good fire and some of that turkey grigs, eh Didn't you hear what the doctor said just now when he came up alongside? No, said Ned anxiously. What? That I was not to light the fire? No, nor anyone else had. He said that no fire was to be lit tonight, and that we must all make shift with a bite of what we left in camp this morning. Oh, groaned Ned, so dismally that chris was not too weary to forget his own disappointment and laugh and chuckle with delight at his companion's discomfiture but that was not the only disappointment for as soon as the ponies had been unsaddled and freed from their bits to be turned loose for a roll and graze griggs who had been to examine the provender came back to announce that there was none to examine what cried the boys in a breath why we left plenty for a cold supper yes said Briggs but the jackals or wolves or whatever they were haven't you don't mean to say began Chris who felt far from mirthful now yes i do they've been here and cleared out everything but no fire no turkey no tea cried ned what are we going to do just as the mustangs have my lad have a good long drink a roll and then-we can't graze cried chris no but we can take it out in sleep chapter twenty